Well, how do we? How does? How do we do this? <laughs> I've forgotten. This is Mark from MK Ultra Film. How's it going? This is Killian from MK Ultra Film, and how's it going? And welcome to the new normal. Uh, yeah, that's just the phrase everyone's using. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. It was. It, well, you were just saying before we started recording that it's uh, many, many things have happened since our last episode of this show. The world is uh, basically unrecognizable from how it was before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you physically are unrecognizable. You look You look very different. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all changed um, physically and mentally. Um, me mm. definitely more on the physical side. I have put on 400 pounds and uh no, <laughs> no i just shaved my head uh like everyone did what do you think about the yeah everyone seemed to shave their head in lockdown i don't know if you noticed but i have i have been growing my hair long we've done the opposite you yeah. had long hair i had short hair and now we did the old switcheroo yeah maybe we'll switch in terms of like opinions and everything as well like maybe you'll actually start having really good opinions on films or something Oh, shots fired. <laughs> Sass is a new element we're bringing in. Maybe. Did, did, you, um, did you watch a lot of movies during quarantine? I, uh, I started watching The Sopranos. Um, mm. And then I, uh, at the start, I wasn't watching movies. I think it was mainly because reality had become a movie in itself. So it, was, it seemed unnecessary to kind of watch an actual film um but Mm. but then like once i i watched enough tv shows i was watching a lot of tv and i'm not a big fan of tv and i was like after a while i was just like man i just prefer films so much more and i watched a load of old comfortable films like uh like kind of like harry potter's and uh star wars Mm. and things like that and then in the last like three weeks i've just been watching lots and lots of really good movies uh, really back into it. Mm. I got a projector, so I've been watching a lot of oh, good nice. stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, I really, I was kind of the same. Like, I, I really didn't watch, I, did, I, re, I think for the first like two months, the only film I watched was Whiplash, which is a film I've seen many times. <laughs> um, but I don't, it's, it's kind of weird. It, it's like reading or something. I feel like if you get out of the habit of watching films all the time, mm then the idea of sitting down for like two and a half hours or two hours and watching something, you're like, fuck, I don't want to watch something that long. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I really got out of the habit of it, but like you, like you, I'm, I'm getting back into it. It's, it's good. But watching a lot of, um, Terrace house. Did I say about that show, that Japanese reality TV show? Oh, what is it? Like, they, it's like uh, love Island or something like that. It's like love Island, but, but like indescribably more, um polite and timid and <laughs> uh just very straightforward it's just a lot of people in the house being like trying to avoid conflict as much as possible and being nice to each other um but it's it's remarkably like it's just really nice like it's a really mundane show and like almost nothing happens in it but it's really i sunk many many hours into watching that program um, i know what you mean and i continue to do so yeah it's uh but yeah, the, the TV shows really for, kind of took hold for a while. Where, did you finish The Sopranos? No, I haven't finished it. Sopranos is as good as television can get and probably as close to film as television can get. And even with The hmm. Sopranos, I mean, it's not like I, I'm ever bored during it, but I am just like watching eight hours and I'm like, man, when is he going to kill Ralphie? Or when is the deal going to be done? When is he going to eat the pizza? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Whereas in a movie, you know, I watched a movie a few nights ago that we're going to review called Bait, and it was 89 minutes long. And the shit that happened in it, I mean, come on. TV, get your act together. Yeah. That's funny. It's funny the way you say that. And maybe it's a symptom of like being able to binge watch TV shows. But the fact that you're saying like the pacing of films is so much quicker than that of a TV show. Whereas... I guess maybe if you're watching it on week to week, you wouldn't feel that way because yeah. you'd kind of take the pacing of each episode separately. Whereas if you watch them all together, you're like, oh, Jesus, it's taking them like six episodes to kill this person or something. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, like watching The Sopranos, you might get that. But I think um, TV shows now, most of the ones that you see are actually made to binge. Maybe not stuff made by HBO, but most of the other stuff is made 
to be watched in like big, massive five hour chunks. So if you ever watch like mm. just a singular episode of something like Tiger King or uh, any other kind of Netflix thing, you'll realize like absolutely nothing happens in uh, in the episodes. Like Tiger King, like loads of shit happens in the first episode, and then the next two episodes, like at, there's absolutely no development in in terms of time or anything like that. <laughs> but you just like they know mm. you're just going to watch the first episode and then just gobble the rest of them up. Um, yeah. So they're kind of designed to just have I, nothing I, happen in them. They really like employ the cliffhanger really hard as well. Yeah. So like you get to the end of an episode and you're like, oh fuck, now I have to watch the next one. <laughs> and they have us it's, so digitally it's lobotomized that they don't even let us click like next episode anymore. They yeah. just we'll line it up. It'll just it's playing yeah. in five, four. <laughs> <laughs> but wh- why like from a business perspective? actually like why would they want you to binge watch it just so you smash through all the smash through all the content or because you kind of think they want you to take your time with it so it gives them a bit more time to make more stuff or i don't know i think I it's just i think it's things. just people are binging i think people are binging and uh mm. and that's just like it's just the way it is like when, with the internet kind of streaming things people binge and then that's inevitably going to affect how the stuff gets made um Mm. And stuff that is like got cliffhangers will get watched more. And that's, and like, you know, they know, they know that certain shows get more viewers and their seasons and more episodes get watched. And it's because they have like these, like, dun, 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 dun. And that's when I decided to kill Carol Baskin mm. <laughs> credits. And you're like, oh my God, I want to see him kill her. <laughs> I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, and then the next episode, like doesn't, doesn't say anything mm. that relates to what the cliffhanger yeah. was until like 40 <laughs> minutes into it. <laughs> Fuck. The, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Mm. And it's, it's mad now, now that we're so used to it, like watching the Sopranos, I remember thinking like, um, just the idea that you'd have to wait a whole week to watch the next one. Like, yeah. I feel like it, it's scary, but I feel like I wouldn't even be able to remember what was going on. Well, <laughs> I've, we've had that problem immensely. Like uh, me and Anna are watching yeah. it and Anna needs to watch like three episodes in a, in a go. But I, I need like, I can only watch like two or something every couple of days. But, um, mm. but like we wouldn't watch it for a week and I've completely forgotten everything that's happened. Like the, and you see, you see all the old shows used to have that. What happened last week? Uh, thing at the start of it, that I realize yeah. how necessary that is. It's so necessary. Yeah, I haven't a clue what's yeah, going absolutely. on in anything. Yeah, and then sometimes, like I remember with Lost, sometimes you'd have to wait. Like, how long was it between seasons? Like six months. Longer. Yeah, even. it could be longer. Like Game of Thrones, we waited like a year. You know. God, you couldn't even remember the characters' names. It's fun. That's like what I like about TV. Like, kind of like the every week is a new premiere. It's kind of cool. Whereas now you just they they kind of like plonk it on your desk, and they're like, you Mm. know, eat all of this now. It's kind of like it distresses me. Yeah, and then your friends kind of get ahead of you and stuff. Like they're like, oh, have you not? Yeah. Oh, you haven't got to that one or whatever. Whereas it's nice when everyone's on the same. You know, everyone knows where everyone else is at. Yeah. Oh, could, could we, are we allowed to talk? Uh, I know you don't really like talking about TV on this, but uh, <laughs> can we, can we just talk about bloody fucking Jumpman? What was that show called? Jumpman? <laughs> what was it called? What's called? Jumpman? Fucking <laughs> ju- uh, jump, jumper? Uh, fucking last dance. Oh, Last, Last Dance. Dance with Michael oh, Jordan. The Michael Jordan one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another big one um, about the Chicago Bulls. And like it had more yeah. timelines than Looper. It was like it made Inception yeah. look like <laughs> a kid's book. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it literally was. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like really advanced like sci-fi. <laughs> what is going on? It's like they they talk about Dennis Rodman joining the team for a whole episode and then they show a match and it's them playing against Dennis Rodman. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> that that TV so show was confusing. mental. Yeah, you'd have it was like it, they were playing with three different timelines and they're just hopping in between them 
I remember talking to yeah. my friend about it and he was just like, you have to look at Michael's eyes. You can see what time period it is if you look into Michael's eyes. I was just like, man, <laughs> what? can they not just and, make it easy to watch? Yeah. Or like even just do it. Like I know the whole thing was like talking about the whatever it was like the final season yeah the final basketball season or whatever and then how they got there yeah but just a bit more chronological like that should have been it like yeah very clear final season the build up to the final season but they just hopped around like yeah. so much i yeah. had not a bloody clue <laughs> I, although in saying that i did every episode i watched i enjoyed i was like this is you know i yeah. like this but it was just so confusing but then it meets man. the end of the season and then it goes beyond it and then you're kind of like I don't know. Yeah, it, it just like time wise, timeline wise, it was it was a it was a mad one. But like in terms of information, um, I mean, the general rule on on documentaries is 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 it does it make the subject interesting? And uh, I think it did do that. So I think I will give mm. it a yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up for me. The last dance, just also like it was so they're so fucking cool. The Chicago Bulls, Dennis Rodman, yeah. fucking. Michael Jordan slam dunks left, right, and center. It's just brilliant to watch. <laughs> yeah, but I know it sounds so like so stupid to say, but like he can really jump so high. <laughs> he can. <laughs> Some of it. Sometimes you'd see him jumping, and I was like, "What? Like, how is he? How is he?" Did you ever go to that? a basketball game um, in America when you were living there? Yeah, I went to. I went to one. It was the Nets against someone else some other team i can't remember but it was so good it's good but then after like an hour and a half i was kind of like or it's like two three hours long or whatever those basketball games you're kind of like okay no man, no, no enough, they're not i've eaten i've eaten enough dunks i've had enough dunkin donuts <laughs> man what are you talking <laughs> they're not they're not three hours long what are you talking like about two basketball games that last like two and a half hours or something do they yeah they're I real they long were four 15 minute Four fifteen minute quarters. Yeah, but they pause it all the time. Quarter? They pause it all the time. They have the dancers come out. They throw you a t shirt. I actually caught one of the t shirts the first game that was out. It's just letting you know, nice. Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they have like people come out. They have a fucking. They'll get some, uh, you know, lad who served in Iraq out, and everyone will start singing the national anthem, and then they'll you know mm. get a load of go karts and have a race around the ring, and they just do all that kind of like American stuff that makes the event go yeah. on three times as long as it should. The uh, the speed with which they can get like a full choreographed dance group out yeah. on the court, like the game ends and there's like people dancing and doing fucking circus tricks yeah. in, like it just seems like they just appear out yeah. of nowhere. Like, how amazing. did this happen? It's absolutely how, amazing. One second you're watching basketball and the next second you're just watching like a live band playing. Yeah, or something. yeah, it's a it's show. Insane. It's a show, and uh, yeah, and the show must go on, much like this show. Um, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as expected, we got completely uh, sidetracked. Yeah. I said, the, yeah, um, I said before this, like we, me and Mark haven't talked in a while because Mark is in Berlin. Uh, he's moved back to um, Das Vaterland. Yeah. And, uh, Guten Tag. and we haven't spoken, so it, it's going to be hard to keep this on topic, I'd say. Are you, are you allowed to say Das Vaterland? Or is that, is that okay? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's. Uh, you know the way they, they say like Mother Russia they'd say uh, Germany is one of the mm. few countries that refers to the country as a, um, a masculine it's it's it is a bit strange the Vaterland I thought uh, but it's not no I it's not was, uh, no no it's not one of those things that we got rid of it's, uh, not, it's not one that, <laughs> <laughs> they kept that one they did we yeah. can hang on to this one yeah <laughs> uh, the uh all right. Well, moving on. I guess uh, <laughs> to go back to our Netflix discussion, the first film I'm going to review, the fir- one of the first films I watched kind of after having seen Whiplash mm-hmm. was Monos, um, which was out in the cinemas here a while ago. Yeah. And now, actually, I should have mentioned the cinemas here have reopened, but they've kind of just reopened with the films that were on before they closed. Mm-hmm. So Manos is actually currently in the cinemas in, in Berlin, but I watched it on Netflix. Um, and yeah, I guess I'll just go ahead and here's what I, here's what I thought Sounds of it. Sounds good. Hello. Uh, greetings from Berlin. Uh, first film review in a long time. Um, I just watched Manos, a film that came out 
last year, um, which is in Spanish. I didn't actually realize it was in Spanish until I started watching it. I don't know where it's from. I don't know if it's actually a Spanish film or South American. But, um, yeah, super weird movie. The trailer, I remember watching it and thinking, Jesus, I have no clue what that movie's about. And after watching it, I, I kind of know why. Like, it's, it's about uh, this, like, guerrilla army group or, like, little, like, militia, and they're all made out of, like, teenagers. They're all between, like, 15 and maybe, I don't know, 18. And it, that's kind of all the context you're given. They're fighting in some kind of war. They have, like, this sergeant leader guy who pops down to them every once in a while and gives them instructions um but yeah other than that you don't you're never you know you don't really know what the hell's going on um in the kind of world of the film uh but which is cool like you never it's kind of nice that that it's like that and then there's certain details you're given and you're literally just given the details that are necessary for the story like you know they have a prisoner war um, who is American, but you don't, that's it. No, you don't know how they got her or where she's from or what her kind of stake in the whole situation is. So it's really interesting. It's it's a weird film though. Like uh, the story, it's not like there's a beginning and middle and end. It just kind of is like them, well, there isn't a way, but like not in a normal way. It's just kind of them following along and various things happen to them. Yeah, it's just kind of them doing various stuff, having a pretty poor time in the jungle for a while, and then it's over. Um, but it's deadly. I, I really recommend watching it. Some really cool shots, some shots where I was really like, kind of like with Roma, shots where I was really like, how the hell did they shoot this? Um, and other bits, uh, which I thought was cool, was like really using sound to make the jungle seem really, really bad. Like there's lots of like fly sounds going, and lots of like, just like, harsh monkey sounds and birds and just sounds really like oh god it doesn't sound good um yeah it's deadly it's a weird movie but it's it's uh definitely worth watching um and it's only an hour and 40 minutes it actually felt longer and i think maybe that's because the story was so just meandering and maybe i felt the length of it after a while i was kind of like okay what's gonna happen here but uh overall deadly definitely check it out that uh much like the film, that's quite a rambling, uh, meandering <laughs> review for me there, wasn't it? It's quite a boring one. <laughs> Didn't really say a lot. The, uh... <laughs> rambling and meandering, now, I think, will be is... the theme of this one, uh, this podcast. Yeah, um... absolutely. <laughs> Just quick, something that came into my head, you know, like gorilla, like apes and yeah. gorilla warfare. Yeah. Are you supposed to, pro- are those words pronounced differently or do you pronounce them the same? Gorilla, gorilla, gorilla. Gorilla, maybe. Uh, well, it's good that we have audio here. Like ge- gorilla is like—is that from war? Like the French for war? I'm gonna say one of them, and then you, you say you spell the one that you think I'm saying, and then we'll. So okay, go. Gorilla. Uh, war. Very good. Yeah. So the, and then gorilla. Fuck. Gorilla. Okay. Uh, ape. Yeah, yeah. There's okay, nailed it. Okay, we've, we've cleared that up. <laughs> I don't know which one I said. <laughs> I don't know which one I said on that, but I meant the 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 war one. But obviously, but yeah, that film was cool. Um, it was really like it's just an interesting thing that it's it's cool when films just don't give you any context. And at first, I feel, I always find with films like that at the start, you're quite there's lots of questions. You're going like, "Fuck, where are they? What's going on?" you know, what country are they from? Who are they fighting against? All these kind of things. Mm-hmm. But then as more details happen and as there's more like interactions between the people, you care less about the larger context and mm-hmm. you just become more concerned about the individual people and you're like, fuck, okay, they got to go to this place. Mm-hmm. And and it's nearly like your, your, your interest or the questions that you have for the film just get narrower and narrower as more things happen. Um, and I definitely, I definitely, yeah, felt that with this one. It was really... Really good. And the thing about the sound, I kind of, uh, that was something that really got me like, because the shots of the jungle are quite nice, but they're in, in the film, they're having a real, like a pretty bad time. Um, <laughs> just even though it was like quite, it was quite colorful and, and looked quite nice, but there's just real like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
like you know the way jungles just have yeah, that like yeah, yeah. noise no i liked how you have described you seen... uh, like the gorilla war being a bit of a bad time i just like that description <laughs> they're having a bit of a bad time like a holiday yeah. that isn't going too well it rained while they were on holidays <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't going very well for them but it's uh the whole the whole thing was really cool. I definitely definitely recommend checking it out. It's also interesting, like because they're all so young in it. Like they're all between like so they're like child like, soldiers or something. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to know really. I think maybe the oldest would be about seventeen, and the okay, youngest is maybe okay. like thirteen. Mm-hmm. And they have all different different names, and they're all different groups. But then seeing them with like AK forty sevens and stuff, even though the fact that they're children it never really. It never, re- it never really matters. It just mm-hmm. kind of visually, it's just a bit more like when you see like little kids with you know yeah. AK forty sevens and stuff. You're really like, oh fuck, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is this is rough stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a good one. Have you? Were you familiar with it at all? Had you seen? I heard the, about the it. Yeah, I, I um, it was really big, and it was like a 2019 film that it was like a one to watch or something. I, I didn't actually know what it was about. I thought it was kind of like about some sort of uh, Central America or South American kind of war that happened or something. But uh, mm. from hearing your review, I now know exactly what it's about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like one of those films yeah. where it's more about the tension and the subject matter. Uh, uh, sorry, it's more about mm-hmm. the tension than the subject matter. And uh, like the context mm. is so important. It's more about the drama and the atmosphere, which is kind of cool. I like For those sure. kind of movies. So uh, I think I will check it out. It's it's um it's said in the ad, I remember it said like this is this is epic on the level of apocalypse now, and then someone else said it's like 2019's Lord of the Flies. And I kinda hate when when people do that. Yeah, yeah. You know? I saw one that said like that that, that, that Monos is uh, Apocalypse Now on Shrooms. And I just was like, I bet no, it, it, Yeah, I think you know what? I think that was Peter Bradshaw. What? I think that was Peter Bradshaw. <laughs> it better fucking not have been no way let me check now apocalypse now on shrooms i bet it was <laughs> i bet it was um reviewed by peter bradshaw <laughs> yes. are you serious yes. oh for fuck's sake we hate that That's guy so- <laughs> Well, did he did he like it though? Uh, Is it oh, he did five like five. it. Five okay. stars. He I, he just gives everything five well, stars, doesn't he? This guy. Yeah. Do, do you remember we had show. that discussion about how you said like um, that the Irish Times film review is no good because they just like everything because in Ireland people just like having a day out going to the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, ah, the film wasn't great, but you know, we had a nice enough day out, so <laughs> five out of five. <laughs> I got some Maltesers and a Coke and I, know, five I, out of five I, I just anyway. love going to the cinema. I just love going to the cinema. <laughs> yeah. I'd say the film wasn't good, but I, the trailers are good. <laughs> I had a good chat with my mum on the way home. So five stars out of five for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it must be like, I guess being a, being a professional film reviewer would be so strange though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Going to the cinema like we don't at nine eat. o'clock in the morning, I think, is just a mad concept. Mm, like I, rem- I remember, up, and I remember and seeing two films. Like Jesus, yeah. The, I remember, I remember um, Mark Kermode talking about how he knew a reviewer who used to, like, he'd have um, deadlines to meet for reviews, mm. and he'd have so many films to cover that he used to watch some of them on double speed on like VLC just to get through them. <laughs> Imagine that; it'd be oh so strange. God. I wonder do people. Yeah, I wonder. Do you think people ever just like watch a trailer and go on Rotten Tomatoes and they're like uh, seven out of ten and they don't even watch the film? Um, I mean, it'd be a weird habit, but I, I, I definitely think there are people out there who do that. I mean, I've seen uh, much weirder stuff on the internet, so I guess like that would be on the timid <laughs> end of like the more weird stuff that people do on the internet. <laughs> I uh, mm. I got the weird kink. I uh, I log on to Rotten Tomatoes and review films that I haven't actually seen. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I mean, obviously, I mean professionals. Like oh, right, professionals. <laughs> oh, 
Um, yeah, not just like normal. That actually, good man. I might start doing that. I might get a letterboxd account and just start leaving <laughs> obscure reviews for films I've never seen. Well, Mark Hermo <laughs> do, has, has talked about uh, like being a film reviewer, but not having seen lots of films. And he's like, "There's loads of films I haven't seen," and I, I basically I talk about them because if, if I know enough about them, it's like maybe The Godfather's. Like I haven't seen all The Godfather's, but I feel very comfortable talking about The Godfather's because I, I know enough about them. Um, that I could kind of like, mm. I could talk about certain things about it with people and I could actually probably reference it. But uh, but like if it's just a film that I know nothing about and I flat out haven't seen, I'd, I'd say I don't think you'd be able to leave a review of it. It, it is, it is a, an interesting one I saw recently was, well, not recently. I can't even remember if we spoke about this before, but um, I watched Psycho, like oh, the yeah. Alfred Hitchcock film. Mm. And I that was one where I was like, Oh, like I didn't even really want to watch it because I was like, oh, I basically know what this film's about because mm. it's like so famous. Yeah. And then I watched it and I was like, holy shit, this film's not at all what I thought it was about. <laughs> like the whole, yeah. I kind of thought like the shower, I thought the shower scene was like the, the, the climax of the movie, but it happens like halfway through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like that's, I, I was like, oh shit, this has already happened. Like yeah. I didn't even know what, I don't know what that actor's name is. The yeah. The, the the baddie but it's such a good film and it kind of made me be like man maybe i should watch more more films classics. that i think i know i know that there was yeah, that, 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 that um they made a movie about uh the making of psycho and um oh yeah and it, there's like this this uh scene from it where um the producer's like you're gonna kill your leading lady off in the first half hour and it's just like real <laughs> funny like apparently it was rev- totally revolutionary to do that because she was like the star uh, she was the reason people were going to go watch the movie and he killed her after 30 minutes um and apparently yeah. it was his wife it's nuts who was it. his wife who was actually really influential on this filmmaking who had the idea to do that oh yeah oh killer a bit of like a uh what was that movie um colette is that what it's called colette or the wife um uh, which is really good. Did you see The Wife? Like, another 2018 no. film. Really good. About um, uh, a husband wins, well, a hus- yeah, a husband wins the Nobel Prize for Literature. Um, and then mm. his uh, wife and him have a very strange relationship with the writing and they go to Sweden to get the prize. But then it seems maybe he did not write all the books. And there's like a little bit of... Uh, there's a little bit of like suspicion going on. It's a brilliant film. I really recommend watching it. Oh, the wife. Yeah, I'll make a note of that one. Sounds cool. Um, um, all right. Shall we? Shall we press on? Yeah, let's press on. Um, so the next film that we're going to review in um, MK Ultra Films Return from the Dead uh, podcast is that what we're? No, that's probably not what we're <laughs> calling it. Um, is Bait. Which is a film from uh, t- 2019 that I just saw a couple of days ago. It was recommended to me by uh, a regular listener, um, Michael Nardoni, all the way in uh, New Zealand. So thanks for the recommendation, Michael. And this is what I thought. Thanks, Michael. Just watched a film called Bait, which is a 2019 film, uh, which is really interesting. It's about uh, a small fishing village in Cornwall, which has these cult, uh, tourists who come down every year and uh, it's about the conflict between the tourists and the, the fishermen who live there. What's really interesting about it is it's shot in old film stock uh, or maybe not old film stock but they've made it look like it's a film in the 50s. It's very weathered and it looks like it's like sepia or something like that and it's very filmy uh, and kind of has this dreamlike feel to it. It's really strong, the um, visual kind of... It's not like the the light... Uh, the What is it called again? Yeah, the lighthouse? Um, it's not like that, where it's kind of black and white and, and, and uh, got that 16-4 aspect ratio. This is actually looks like old film. Like it's a film that maybe sat in um, the back of a cinema for... 50 years and then has only been found now so it's kind of got those little blemishes that you see on the screen but it all looks quite nice what's interesting though is you do see laptops and iPhones and stuff in it but it does have the appearance that it could be from any time at all anyway um, 
I, I really thought it was an amazing film. Like, really, really amazing. I, ca I don't know how this film slipped under the radar last year. I, I just ne I never heard anything about it, but it's a beautiful 89 minutes long and it has this tension building throughout. It's a really simple story. Uh, it touches on a lot of, like, issues that, that, that I think are really, like, you know, a lot of issues that are real today with, with like airbnb culture and uh, you know people who actually live in places being kind of driven out of them and then just tension and uh personalities and class and all these different things colliding uh it, it's really really well done and yeah i don't know i mean i i think i'll be watching it again i love that a film can be so short and the story can be so simple I mean, you just, I can see that you just watched Bicycle Thieves. I haven't listened to your review yet, but it's something like Bicycle Thieves in that it's like a very simple plot, but it's just really human. And um, yeah, I, I thought it was really good. But did, were, you, were you at mass when you recorded that? No, <laughs> the, uh, the credits of the film were rolling. Uh, so that's why I had oh, that right. organ in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we were talking about uh, mass, watching so. films in double speed. I think you could listen to that voice review in double speed. It was very <laughs> slow and solemn. Yeah. You could tell from those first two that we were kind of out of practice. Yeah. Like, we were really like, uh, I was like, what do you film say? Good. <laughs> How do you vocalize yeah. your feelings on a movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's just keeping everything locked up in the old head. The, um, but that, sound, that sounds cool. That sounds like a good one. Yeah, it's a really good film. I'd say this will be... Uh, it's one of those films you know it'll be around for a long time. They'll be talking about uh, bait mm. for a long time. It, because, you know, yeah, it's it's a big issue. Like the idea of, uh, of like, you know, a, a, a small village, uh, like traditional kind of people. And it's happening all over the world. This story is happening all over the mm. world where you have people living in a place and then and then other people are coming in and there's a conflict there, you know, uh, other people are coming in with mm. their own new culture and they're, they're stamping it on top of another one. And, uh, and it's, I don't know, it's really well done. Uh, so, so in this film is, is the, are the people coming in, is it tourism that's coming in or, yeah, or yeah, what is tourist it? Kind of Airbnb people. So they, they, uh, even though it's, it's like, okay. um, the film you just watched, uh, uh, Monos, because the first maybe 10 minutes of the film, you're very much not really sure what's going on it's uh yeah quite artistically edited in that many of the scenes um from the end of the film are flashed in the opening scenes of it so you kind of it starts with mm. this uh shot of him kind of brooding you have this guy Ed edward rowe who is uh the main character called mar and they all talk like that mar mm. they all have these cornish kind of mm. accents it's like hello mar hey, how's it going uh, and he just talks like that. So, uh, um, that's northern, is it? So, uh, oh yeah, it's corner, sure. Right? They don't even seem to like finish their words. It's corner, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, they kind of, ah, it's good. Shit pub alleyway, uh, like that. They sort of talk. <laughs> and he, he's kind of brooding, and he's just walking down the road, and he's brooding. And then you see flashes of what's going to happen in the rest of the film, but it doesn't make any sense to you because they're just very kind of violent, brief flashes. And then the story kind of knits itself together as the as the film goes on, and it's it's. I thought it was really really good, and only eighty nine, eighty nine minutes oh, long. Thank you, beautiful. Thank you for giving us this gift of a short film. Uh, it's, thank you. I have it. I just looked, and I have it in my um, IMDb watch list alongside a film called A Field in England, which is also black and white, and it's also eighty nine minutes long. Are they, they're not they're not related in any way, are they? Those two films. Uh, I wouldn't know, but it could be done by the the same uh, director. Um, mm. Field in England about... by Ben Wheatley. No, it's not the same director. Um, oh well, never mind. But <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I mean uh, that that's interesting that you have it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that might be an interesting nugget of information. <laughs> I mean, I, I I didn't hear. I think this must have been a very indie film, but. I mean, like just to think about how it was made, it was shot on an 18 millimeter yeah. camera, uh, which is like, you know, that that's what like, you know, Bicycle Thieves was shot on something like that. Okay. So it's, it, which is, which mm, was a mm. film from 1948. So you're talking about really old film stock hand, uh, 
you know, it, it was it was um, what is it when you you turn uh, camera uh, film into uh, picture pay, uh, photos? What's that process called again? Developing it. Developed. Developing yeah, it? hand developed. It was developed by hand, and huh. uh, and so it has like a really kind of grainy look to it that um mm. almost is a bit of a distraction at the start but uh as it goes on you, go, you completely get used to it and it just looks amazing and do you think that that lends itself like do you think that contributes to the film like that kind of aesthetic yeah there's a few things i think it does uh having film i often find that when you have uh like a hd film or something that's shot digitally they kind of look old after five years you look back and you go oh that film is from quite a while ago or it looks mm. old mm. whereas films that are shot on film uh they kind of last forever they look like these eternal sort of things because they mm. never look old they just look like a film a, you know a film film um and so they kind of have this eternal yeah, but, quality but, to them uh and but then, that's this is a bit extreme like this is beyond that though. it is yeah it's definitely beyond that so i think uh, like the other element that i think it ties into the narrative is that um you have these uh sort of traditional fishermen who are using these old techniques they they're ha- like one of the guys doesn't even have a boat he, he uses everything with his hands there's lots of lovely shots of him like uh you know like catching the fish and taking them out of the net and all this like stuff done by hand and it's old uh, mm. techniques, it's old technology, which I think is kind of Mm-mm. like maybe there's a bit of a, a mirroring of like uh, old film stock uh, and like new digital stock and these two things conflicting with each other and like the old world and the new world. Um, because like the guy, the guy basically wants to fish, uh, whereas his brother is just like, let's just make money off the tourists um and ah, like selling okay. out whereas the guy maybe they're like you know the idea of selling out is a bad thing or something um yeah yeah that's interesting though the um i like the idea of like seeing the as you said like seeing like the ipads and the iphones yeah and, and all those kind of things in the in the uh on that kind of film actually reminded me of something i wanted to ask you about the um some films, so so the cinemas have reopened here, and mm-hmm. one of the films that's getting shown is Parasite, but the black and white version. And I remember a while ago, Mad Max Fury Road mm-hmm. was showing, uh, they were showing a black and white, for, it was kind of like a re-release of the black and white version of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what do you, what do you, I, I personally would say that I think that's a, a load of bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd, that's shite. I really don't understand that. I would, a part of me would be interested to see Mad Max in black and white because I, I, I don't know, I'd almost think it might look really cool in black and white. Um, they they like, called it black and chrome. Uh, yeah, but no, I mean, I, I think uh, <laughs> that's like uh, that's like when you get those really special uh, DVDs uh, of, of like something, you know, like a, you might get like a Lord of the Rings DVD, which is essentially the same movie, but you get like it in like a like a really big box and it's got like three like different versions of like, yeah, or it's in like a tin and you're like, at the end of yeah, the day, yeah, it's the same yeah. fucking movie. It's just a total gimmick to get you to watch the movie again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, I don't think I really have much time for it. I guess like, cause if it was, if it looks cool, uh, which it might, uh, I would mm. check it out, but I'm not going to spend another fucking tenner to go see the same film that I've seen, but just in black and white. Because yeah, I, I I just always imagine that films made in black and white are shot. You you definitely know more about this than me. But like, if a film's shot in black and white, it's shot in a certain way. Yeah, I feel like it's done for a reason. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? It's not just yeah. like black and white films just happen to be in black and white. Yeah. There's like Roma, for example. Like, mm-hmm. imagine they just did a re-release of Roma, but it was the color version. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, have have they ever done that? Have they, no. have they ever released a colorized version of like a, but even like a classic film, like an old, an oldie? Yeah. They like, do with obviously they do it with like documentary footage from um, yeah. the war. But like they they I, colorize things that that like, uh, I mean they might there might be. I don't think they they colorize like old movies. They just remake them entirely. Uh, but but 
Yeah, it's it's an it's an interesting idea because it's not nowadays certainly like well as I kind of I'm kind of contradicting myself but nowadays I feel like films are shot in black and white for a reason mm-hmm. but back then they were just shot in black and white because they had to be so <laughs> maybe like if they made like like Casablanca and in, in in if they colorized it or something I'd be it would look so I'd be into I'd be it into would look it. dogs dirt <laughs> <laughs> everyone would just be like oh wait this is actually a terrible film the color has made us realize. Um, no, I love Casablanca. Uh, anything yeah, more see. I wanted to say about Bait, though, because I was like, there was one or two things, but I, I think they've kind of drifted out of my head. We'll get better at this. Uh, this is our, you know, our first Man, episode. Let them drift back, back in, like the sea. Imagine it's the sea, sea washing your thoughts washing up against in, a coming back in. nice touristy beach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just about the sound, because you were talking about the sound um, in the other film being interesting. Mm. This was also shot in the same way they, they'd have shot uh, Bicycle Thieves in that all of the audio was uh dubbed and brought in afterwards so i mean it was all shot on like oh, this old camera and then uh and then they all of the audio is post-production so it also gives it that old feel um which mm. i kind of like i mean i don't know if uh, you're going to talk about bicycle thieves now but I, and i'll ask you what you thought of the audio because i kind of like the dubbing i kind of it has a nice feel to it as well i'd um, say except in, I'd in say bicycle thieves, like it's so like badly it. timed <laughs> so like their yeah, mouths really are moving, <laughs> but the words uh, are coming out for a while. For a while, I I thought I was like, why am I watching a film that's clearly not in Italian, dubbed in Italian with English subtitles? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought I was doing like a triple, the triple, the um. But I, yeah, I'd say I don't like or or dislike. Actually, do you know what? I'd say I prefer the dubbing to like. Have you ever, like, if you ever watch films from the, like, the 70s, like, mm. watch any of those crime films from the 70s, yeah. that was, like, the lowest point of sound in films yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. Like, so many films you just can't understand. I watched that movie, Bad Lieutenant, the other day. Yeah. I don't even think that's, I think that's actually from the 90s, but the, um, the all of those, like, 70s films have uh, that thing where you think it's too quiet, and then you turn it up, and then you're like, oh, I still can't understand it, and it's yeah, really bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. all the background noise just mixes in completely with the, with the yeah the yeah yeah it's, it's so hard to hear things mm. that film um <laughs> that film that we watched uh god i probably should have reviewed that one um i've completely forgotten the name of it but it has, stars john travolta as um as a, a sound recorder for our films and uh that film's really good at playing with the what yeah it's a really good movie i watched it a, a couple of weeks ago i don't think i sent in a review but it's john travolta and he's a sound recorder for films, and uh, and then there's a corruption plot, and uh, and there's a murderer, and then there's like a corrupt politician, and it's fucking brilliant. It's really, really, really Man, good. That, it, that film sounds made up. It's not. It's it's called <laughs> Blow Up. It's not Blow Up. It's a remake of Blow Up by um, uh, God, I forgot the name of the person who's made it. Look at that. Um, Mark sent me a meme today of uh joker and it's him and he's on the bus and he's kind of like making like a face where he's like screaming uh, as he does a lot in joker and then the the tagline above it the sort of meme writing says uh, the feeling when you're listening to a podcast and you know the person that the people in the podcast can't remember so i wonder if there's yeah. a lot of people doing that right now um <laughs> yeah it's called blow out i looked it up yeah blow out whoa the cover of it's the cover of it's terrible the uh, Blowout is it looks brilliant. Good. It's John Travolta. Really, 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 really good. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Sick. You will love Blowout. Um, John Travolta is an excellent York. actor. It's not. It's set in Philadelphia. Philly. Oh, well. It's a Philly there film. There you go. It's a Philly film. Uh, it's a Philly film, is it? Yeah, it's a Philly film, which basically is like uh, New York light. <laughs> it's like New York on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we should just start reviewing everything as that do you know what the next film i'm gonna review is it's called bicycle thieves it's like the tour de france on mushrooms it's like (laughs) yeah i don't know what's it like it's like your sunday bike ride on mushrooms no okay sorry (laughs) bicycle thieves well i guess yeah we've 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 basically already reviewed it but uh here we go will i just press on were were we done give it a bit of um bicycle thieves is uh one of my favorite all-time films um 
and often cited as one of the greatest films ever made. Uh, and Mark mm. watched this film of of, of huge uh, rapport uh, just yesterday with a bowl of pasta. I did two days ago. I did. With a bowl so of pasta. Emer and I we did this thing where we got we made a, a nice a tomato sauce. And we, I, we left it on the hob for a long time. It was, it was bubbling up for a few hours. Got ourselves a nice bottle of red and we put on, um, bicycle thieves, full Italian theme. It's actually something we said we want to continue doing theming meals to go with films from a certain country. Um, and I might get idea. your advice on that. But, uh, yeah, I was very happy with our, our film decision. Bicycle thieves, very good. This is what I thought of it. So. I just watched uh, Bicycle Thieves for the first time. Man, that movie is so good. <laughs> I really, really liked it. It was so... Uh, it's just such a simple story, but it's so, like... Like, it's so just well done. Like, just how, like, they make... The whole time, you're just like, God, I hope this guy finds his bike. <laughs> They just put it so, like, there's just so much at stake for him. And it's kind of interesting. It made me think, like, it, just the con- the context of things are what make it dramatic, I guess. Like, they they may as well have been searching for, like, his son who got kidnapped. I'd say that film was, like, as tense as Taken or something. <laughs> like, every time, you're just like, fuck! Fuck! <laughs> his bike! The, um... The also like at the when I saw like because the film's called Bicycle Thieves, so when I started watching it, I was like, oh, obviously his bike's gonna get stolen at some point. So, not that I was like that's a spoiler, but I was kind of waiting for it to get stolen. But they kind of play around with that, and there's a few times where you find yourself at the start, like he has his bike or his bike's leaning against a wall and stuff, and you're like, oh shit, he better keep an eye on his bike. Like he's not looking at his bike. So, even the fact that. The fact that it's called Bicycle Thieves already creates some kind of suspense from the beginning. You're like, man, don't walk too far away from the bike, you know. It's going to get stolen. Um, but yeah, it's it's so good. And this little kid is such a such a, such a a little man. He's such a responsible little man. And, oh man, so the music and everything. And like the Italian kind of stereotypes in it of the guys doing like real emotional hand gestures and going like, hey, and stuff. Fuck. Man, I really, really like that movie. I have to watch more fucking old Italian films. So good. Good mm. review. Very good review. You're back on it. Back. Yeah, it was It was just such a good movie. It was so yeah. nice. It was just so, such a nice film to eat pasta and drink wine to. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> it, I was thinking while I was saying it, like, because it's it's quite tragic you know it's really it's really sad but but and it's really kind of dramatic Mm. like the way they behave is is like you know he's so happy when he gets his bike and he's so sad when he loses it but it never Mm. it never feels like um you know like like you know there's like those spanish tv shows like those novella tv shows it never feels sensational kind of and I, and I don't know why it doesn't, you know, like, cause it is kind of like pretty, mm. even the sad bits, they're really like, whoa, this is so, uh, yeah, this is so over the top, like <laughs> tragically sad, but it's kind of, <laughs> it's not as, it doesn't feel that, um, but I think it's I cause you, it's you a real story. Like I think like for me, uh, it's not over the top because I think the story itself, like his bike is his livelihood. And he his livelihood gets mm. stolen, and uh, and throughout the course of the film, you fall in love with these two people, and then you care so much that they get their livelihood back because you know that like they're just going to starve if they don't get that bike, and so it, mm, the bike mm. ends up being everything. You're just like he needs mm. to get it, and it's honestly, I yeah, mean, the, like the last few scenes of that film every time bring me to tears like there's it's so tragic um it's it's interesting though i found something like about it because as we've discussed before i i cry quite easily at films (laughs) increasingly as as i get older but uh i think like really old black and white films i nearly feel a bit removed from them i feel like if that same story was like a modern day thing 
Mm. I'd find it a lot more real. Like those really old ones, even though the story, I was really engaged by the story and I could really relate to it. Mm. It didn't feel like a real thing. It felt like I was watching like a, yeah, something, something fake. Mm. Um, so I I never was like, Oh, I'm going to get like weepy and stuff. But yeah, I, uh, definitely felt sad. Did he, did Emer like it? Yeah, she loved it. She was crying a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What about the little kid? Like he, do you know that, that he grew Uh, up and, uh, he grew up and just became a maths teacher. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. And I, he, I, I believe he, a lot of the, sorry, go on. No, well, like the sc- story of the casting was like, uh, Vittorio De Sica, who's the guy who made that movie. He, uh, mm. he, he really wanted the kid, but the kid's mom wouldn't like, wouldn't let, he saw the kid leaving school, uh, one mm, day. Mm. And apparently De Sica said, you've got to be the, you've got to be the, him you're the boy like he just has the perfect face and he's like it has to be you but then like mm. the kid kind of ran away he's a bit weirded out by the two people and then uh Desika couldn't find him so he went to the school and he auditioned the entire school until he found him and he was like you are the child you must be him you oh must be God. the kid uh yeah, then, yeah a lot of the actors they weren't they weren't actors before were they like no no they're all i mean it's it's italian neorealist cinema which is like really influential stuff but it's basically like the whole idea is after the war um in italy you, this like the post studio system where everything was shot in the studio and uh, everything all the all films are quite happy you have musicals you have a really nice love story mm. it's that kind of stuff going on and then the italians uh were living in like rubble europe you know where where no one has any mm. money and all they've seen is just like war after war and then they were just like Let's shoot films on location. Let's bring the cameras into the streets. Let's make stories about real life, and uh, let's not mm. let's not make happy endings, and let's get actors who aren't actors but real people. And those are like the three sort of prongs of it. And they made and there's some amazing films made out of it. And, and Bicycle Thieves is the most famous. Yeah, I I, I watched uh because uh, it was actually on YouTube. If anyone's thinking of watching it, the whole thing's on YouTube with <laughs> yeah. subtitles. The um a video came on kind of an analysis um afterwards yeah. and he was saying it would, it kind of said some of the stuff you said there and then he also said that when they were writing the dialogue like they made it really um they really made focused on not including any dialogue that they thought a person wouldn't say in real life yeah yeah, yeah. and like it just had to be all like as real and as normal language as possible and it was yeah. so uh it was so good but then even 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 within this hyper real uh, like really trying to portray real life yeah, they yeah, did yeah. so many cool like camera yeah like as i said in the review like bits where he'd lean his bike on the wall mm. and he'd start walking away from yeah, it yeah, 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 the bike yeah. just gets increasingly far away and you're like fuck yeah go yeah. back yeah and there was one <laughs> bit that was so good it was such a good like i guess just such a good knowledge of where your eyes go when you're watching a film but there's a bit yeah. where they go into a room and they think the bike's in there and then uh and they're searching it and then there's this like thing under a sheet and and you're like fuck there's something under the sheet and then they're looking around and they don't see the thing under the sheet and then they're all about to leave the room and they're like you didn't look they didn't look under the fucking sheet yeah and at the last minute they whip the sheet off and it's just like a pile of shit and you're like oh. ah yeah. like they knew that yeah. they knew you were going to be looking at that sheet thing it's like so uh <laughs> Yeah, it's it's oh, really so uh, yeah, it's nice. Uh, kind of simple story, uh, really, really well made, and uh, I think mm. tragically sad. But I don't know why it's so nice to watch a sad film. I I don't actually know why like a sad film or a sad song can be so nice to watch, but it just mm. is. I think I think that this genre of sad film yes i think there are like some modern sad movies i'm just like oh god (laughs) sad whereas this i was kind of like yeah (laughs) this i was like oh it's so tragic but like this this is like tragic tragic like pavarotti crying you know when pavarotti cries and you're like oh it's so beautiful when he cries yeah Um, whereas whereas like kind of like (laughs) hello like my chemical romance sad is kind of not good um, that 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 video of, of Lana Del Rey singing um, 
video games in the Olympia Theater and the whole oh, crowd yeah. sing along and she starts crying. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That's so it's good. So beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the yeah. I don't know if I've anything else to say about bicycle. Te- oh, I wanted to ask you actually. So I watched that. I've never really watched any films like that before. Mm-hmm. Um really. Like would there be any other films of that type that you think I should check out? Like Yeah, definitely. Um not not even necessarily like are, are is that an is that an Italian thing? Is that like Italy yeah. specific or is it kind of just like Europe at the time? That was that was uh they call that Italian neorealism that period of film mm. and a lot of films came mm. out. The first one I'd say was, was, uh, Rome open city. Um, uh, and then, okay. and then another one would be La Terra Trema, which is the earth trembles. Uh, these are like the main directors are like Fellini also made, uh, neorealist films. So like some early Fellini, like maybe La Strada is kind of like early, like it's not quite, um, neorealism, but it's, it's, it's something like that. I'd say start watching Fellini. And then you also have, um, uh, yeah, Rome, Open City, uh, Evitaloni, like lots. And like, if you just look up uh, Best Italian, and then um, Umberto D, which is by the same director, or Miracle in Milan, those two films. I was going to say Umberto. I I saw that one. That one popped up. I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't watch Umberto D if, if, I mean, Umberto D kind of takes it a step further. Uh, De Sica is famous for saying he wanted to make a film that was an hour and a half long about a man to whom, to which nothing happens to him. You know, nothing interesting. <laughs> you just, it's just filming him just going around. Uh, <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Like I'm somehow so make it that. dramatic. Um, but like, I mean, so in Burda D, like apparently people watched it and they, it was so radical at the time because we watch it now and, and it's normal for us to see stuff that's kind of hyper real. We're very used to it, but, mm. um, but like back then, they were used to like really traditional movie plots, uh, something like, you know, the sound mm-hmm. of music uh, or, you know, like, like, uh, you know, cowboy films. And then suddenly you just have this Italian film where it's just this old guy kind of walking around his apartment making breakfast and, and actually nothing is happening to him. And, uh, <laughs> and like people like got Man, up and walked out. I'm gonna... <laughs> and they were just like, what's going on here? Like, there's nothing happening. Where's the movie? This is ridiculous. I'm just looking at someone. Like, I could go home and see this. <laughs> I could just That's watch so my dad. Good. I feel like I could just do this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that sounds classy. Maybe you want to watch that film more. Okay, okay. Umberto, well, just yeah. Yeah, it's doing a good nothing. One. Like, it, it actually sounds like, it sounds like Terrace House, like that Japanese show I was describing, <laughs> but it's just like 1950s Italy. well it's just it's not heavy on plot (laughs) Mm, mm. no i'm definitely gonna check those out would you like when you when you're doing film stuff in college were they like bicycle thieves the best they i i actually like uh had an almost religious experience when i watched bicycle thieves that i i that i think changed my whole life yeah like it's a very like not to sound like really pretentious but i watched that film and i cried and i was like I didn't know art could be this good. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, I was like, oh, I, I was like, oh my God. You saved I, that line for a while. <laughs> no, it blew me away. And then I, that was the film that made me fall in love with films. Like before that, I liked Tarantino and I liked, uh, you know, Robert Rodriguez. But then, but then I watched that movie and I was just crying and I was like, oh my God, cinema can do this. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, and so, yeah, I lo- it's a very special film for me. Um, and then I showed it to That's Anna. That's nice. And she went, I showed it to Anna. Uh, I was like, Anna, you have to watch this film. It's very, it's very special, important film for me. I really, it's so amazing. You just, you, I really want you to like it. And she just watched it and she was like, that was really boring. <laughs> oh, it's so sad when that yeah. happens. So, <laughs> you know, when you're really excited to uh, like show someone a film and then they're watching it and like, they keep taking their phone out and stuff and you're like, mm. uh-huh, put your phone mm. away. You can't be like, would you mind just paying attention to the film? Yeah. It's very important to me. Yeah. <laughs> or Anna does this thing where she goes <sighs> like that. And I'm just like, oh, she hates it. She hates it. <sighs> mm. <sighs> like that in the middle of like a scene. And you're like, oh my God, she hates the movie. Break but does heart. that, does that mean she hates it or is she just getting, getting the oxygen levels back up? 
No, like that's like, it, oh, I don't know. Maybe she's getting her oxygen levels back up. Actually, that's a good point. <sighs> it's nice to do that. Yeah. Like a mini Wim Hof. Mm, yeah. I was actually speaking to someone about Wim Hof this very morning. This very morning? Met my friend Fred for uh, Ram and, and he showed me his Wim Hof app. He's talking about Wim Hof. He has an app now. Yeah. Wim Hof has an app. He, uh, I, I think it's just like a way to track all of your hoffing. Have you um, uh, have you done any Wim Hof? N- I've I've had cold showers, <laughs> <laughs> not with any level of regularity. But no, what you just you just you just breathe in a, a special way, and then yeah, it's kind of cool. You, um, I did it twice or something with Anna, and it was really good. You kind of like. Uh, what is it? You, you hyperventilate for like, like a 30 seconds or something like that. Or maybe, mm. maybe a minute. You kind of like breathe in and out deeply, not hyperventilating. And then you hold your breath for as long as you can. And you'll find that because you've put so much oxygen into your blood, you can hold your breath for longer than you ever have before. So that kind of makes you feel mm-hmm. superhuman. And then I think you do that twice. And then, uh, and then, and then it makes you. I don't know, be able to beat cancer or whatever he says. You can walk up to the top of, uh, you know, Mount Everest in your socks or something. I don't know what he says you can do. (laughs) It sounds like it might just be like depriving your brain of oxygen. Yeah, but apparently that's good. Put your body under stress and duress, um, gets it to release. Okay. uh, You know, I don't know, like healing chemicals. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about here. (laughs) I, uh, you're gonna have to get the, we're gonna have to get Wim Hof onto this podcast. He's been on enough podcasts, so he'll probably come on. To I this was one. he was actually asking to come on. I yeah. said I'd, I'd see. <laughs> what would you say his favorite the, movie uh, is? Oh, um, what's that film with about the Vikings? <sighs> it's directed by the guy who directed Drive. It's called oh, it's called Valhalla Rising. I didn't look it up. I remembered. Okay. Okay. Folks, remember my own brain. Well, he started typing something. I don't know if he clicked enter. <laughs> I would have remembered it faster if I'd done my Win- Wim Hof. Should we do a Wim Hof on the podcast? Maybe yeah, we maybe we, at the start of the next one. Maybe the start of the next one. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be make for such bad listening. <laughs> it just sounds like we're about masturbating. Okay, that will also get edited out. Killian. <laughs> Killian. <laughs> How much have you missed going to the cinema? Yeah, I've missed it quite a lot. Like it was something I really, because I had that membership last year going, mm. and then in Dublin, you know, being a student again, I had the the student discount for cinema, and yeah. man, fucking Dundrum Cinema, like popcorn and a drink and a ticket, tenner, it's such yeah. good value. It's brilliant. It, it's a, you'd be mad not to be going to the cinema. So I, I really made it a, a a thing I did very regularly. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've missed it. It's also, it's, I feel like I'm so out of touch now with just, you know, the way you always kind of have films that you're aware are being made yeah. or are going to come out soon. Like, what's the next cool mi- film that's going to come out? I don't know. When, yeah. What's going on? Everyone's what just talking about Tenet. Everyone's saying Tenet. Christopher Nolan's Tenet. That's, Tenet? that's, the, that's the, the new Christopher Nolan that's supposed to be the big return to cinema film. Uh, okay. It's like... Um, Apparently, Christopher Nolan's really mad about coronavirus because the day that the film was set to be released was a palindrome, and uh, and he was really excited about that, and he freaked out that uh, it was going to get cancelled, uh, which makes me not want to see the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he was banking that much on that, but yeah, it's like it's a weird thing where like um, I was I was so I miss going so much. And I obviously we both love going to the cinema, but um, now that they're open again in Berlin, I was like, oh yeah, the cinema's back open. Like, wh- let's go see something. And I looked at what's on, and it's kind of just stuff that was out before. Yeah. Um, and I saw everything I wanted to see before, so I was kind of just like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. It's kind of a, it's kind of like an anticlimax. They finally open again, and it's just like the movie going on. experience, though, is the nice. But uh, yeah, I guess yeah, you kind of want to see new things. I mean, that's the joy of cinema, really. Not not even new, just like something something I like. Not even yeah, necessarily yeah. new. 
like it'd be some some um some cinemas here are doing a nice thing which is just showing like old movies yeah um which is cool right now a lot of them have been like tied into uh like the political things that are going on they'd have like films relating to to those kind of things and Mm. and they'd have like little specials of of showing like films with like primarily black cast or by yeah you know black artists and stuff like that but again i've seen like like they were showing like beale street which i've seen and and um yeah just like a lot of other ones so it's yeah, kind of like yeah. not rushing back to I, to I, watch I, do you miss the would you miss the pubs more than the cinema well you see the pubs here are fully going there's nothing never really stopped, nothing yeah. changed here yeah Party never stops in Berlin City, baby. The party <laughs> never stops. Twenty four seven city. <laughs> I love this city. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's just coughing into their pints. <laughs> um, no, because for me, I think like the the being away from the pubs for so long kind of just made me realize that I actually really like drinking with my friends in in the back garden and uh, and drinking mm. in houses and actually not spending any money and actually finding nice places like going back to the canal or you know yeah uh, doing what you're doing when you're a teenager and you only spent like 15 quid then you know i mean why did we ever stop doing mm. that um and then uh, but it's then illegal. the cinema like watching a film at home is not the same thing it's not where you're like no, oh not this is all. class you actually just go oh no. the cinema is worth every fucking penny i spend on it it's it, um, <laughs> it is <laughs> I absolutely <spend> more <laughs> and it's it's mad because the markup is like even more like a can of a can of guinness is what like two euro and a pint of guinness is like five whereas like to watch a film is like free yeah (laughs) to go to the cinema is like 12 euro (laughs) you're willing to spend like that's not even a multiple it's like infinitely more expensive (laughs) to go to the cinema and you're still like i want to do it i want that experience (laughs) so it shows kind of how how much value you put on it so much so it's um apparently the date here is the 20th is that when, when we might be going to the cinema again but i don't know if that's true. oh really yeah um oh, that'd be nice but again it'll be old movies from like mm, six months ago <laughs> oldies <laughs> oh well. yeah oh well killer well i think we made it through this one anyway yeah i guess we did <laughs> 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 it was it was it was it's strange to it's strange uh it's also funny now that we're back in the old uh like the original because i guess it like the first podcast we ever did felt strange is the first time doing it and we were in this exact setup and now now i'm back again back in berlin yeah we're a year into the podcast now and we are really we are we are straight back on square one right where we started which yeah. is always nice where you work for a year on something and then uh, you you don't move or progress in any way whatsoever. So that's like kind of good. Yeah, it's they, <laughs> they say that's a good sign in your life when you just work on the same thing and you just maintain the same level for infinitely. <laughs> <laughs> Always to be admired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a shame all the sponsors were contacting us before COVID, before we did our hiatus. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have. Uh... Damn it, we should have taken one of those sponsorships and signs, put the pen to paper. Now they've all gone running. Yeah, the fucking... I was pretty excited about the SpaceX one, but... <laughs> never happened. Damn it. All right, Killian. All right, Killian. It's it's late for me now. Yeah, yeah. It's late times for you, and uh, and it's late times for me. So I'm Killian. Uh, thanks very much for listening, and uh, how's it going? I'm Mark. How's it going? Thank you very much. Um, follow us on Instagram at mkultrafilm and send us an email if you want i don't know if we know the password but <laughs> send away <laughs> it's mkultrafilm at gmail.com danke danke Tschüss.